Blog Talk Radio. Welcome, world. Welcome once again to Tuesday Talk with Key West Lou. I am your host, Louis Patron. Well, it's been another exciting week, but before I get to that, let me apologize. I have not been on the air the past two weeks. I have had technical difficulties big time. I am glad to be back. I'm sorry I could not share things with you uh, during the past two weeks. Uh, This show is all new stuff tonight. Once I create my show for a particular night, the next day it's old news, so it can't be used. We're into fresh stuff tonight, and there's a lot of interesting things to share. Let me start with Donald Trump. I'm not going to put a lot of time into him. We Ad nauseum. We have to hear about him on television, uh, in the radio, in the newspapers, etc., etc. He has won today. <coughs> excuse me. He has won today. Definitely the state of Florida, the primary there, and several other states. Uh, We still don't know about Ohio, too close to call, and there's one other state uh, with Cruz that is too close to call. Uh, Let me tell you what I think about Trump. I keep telling you, but I must be repetitive. I think this man is an absolute danger to this country, and it will be a disgrace if he were to become president of the United States. I will concede that he's on his way to the Republican nomination, and since nothing has stopped him this far, I wonder if anything can stop him from becoming president. Trump has lit a fire. He cannot be contained. The fire cannot be contained. The man cannot be contained. He's violent. He's got. He's racist. He's a bigot. Uh, he's a woman basher, etc., cetera, etc., cetera. And he spreads all this to his followers. Look how now there were fisticuffs, uh, there are demonstrations and protests, there are people handling people, security handling people, Secret Service handling people. This is not the United States of America. Uh, This is like Egypt, not on such a flamboyant scale, and other countries. One One of the entities responsible for what is occurring in the Republican party today and responsible in my opinion for the success of trump is that for years the republican party has taken in radicals anyone that wanted to join them they were happy to have them and take them under their umbrella the umbrella of the republican party well as the good book says as ye sow so shall ye reap again as ye sow so shall ye reap Now they've got the radicals in the party, and they are taking over the party. And the Republican Party deserves this because they brought it upon themselves. I have said many times in the last six months, and I continue to say it, uh, Trump reminds me of Adolf Hitler in the early 1930s and the mid-1930s in Germany. The German people were economically depressed. I used to think as bad as this country, probably the same or we're worse, except it doesn't show as much here as it it, it showed in Germany. Whatever. He appealed to the electorate. He appealed to the people. He told them what they wanted to hear. He hit their sensitive nerves, the things that were festering beneath their skins. And he became a popular candidate, much like Trump. Trump worries me because I see in him the same methods by which Hitler became popular and finally took control of the German government. Uh, We can't have this. 
It won't work in this country. Look what happened to Germany. Do you want that to happen here? Don't say no. You never know. Uh, I'm not trying to be inflammatory, but this guy is dangerous. Dangerous, dangerous. Let me ask you this question. Do you want your children, your children and your grandchildren, uh, to look up to this man, Trump, as president of the United States? Can you tell your children and grandchildren you want them to be like President Trump? No. Staying with Donald Trump, he says a lot of nasty things. I used to think at the beginning of the campaign he, he didn't really mean what he was saying. Now, because he's so repetitive and he comes up with so many other things that are adverse, he's got to believe this stuff. This is what the, is inside the man. One of his problems is he's been very negative about women, very, very negative about woman, women. One quote I want to give you from his lips in 1992 in New York Magazine, an interview, uh, and Trip, I'm sorry, Trump was asked how he felt about women. He said, and I quote, women you have to treat like shit, unquote. I repeat it again, women you have to treat like shit, unquote. This is what he said. Now, they're, they're broadcasting this today uh, in some ad on TV against Trump, but they leave out the word shit. You've got a blank and a pause. So it comes out, women, you have to treat them like blank. I can say shit on here. It's absolutely proper. They can say shit on national television, and today it is proper. They don't want to. They want to be politically perfect, and in being political, per, politically perfect, the impact of what Trump said back in 1992 is not received. Uh, this is a presidential primary. Uh, this is part of our presidential campaign. The problem is no one's talking about the issues. They're talking about Trump's hair. They're talking about uh, how the way Trump handles people. They're talking about the fights. Uh, they're talking about the nasty statements Trump makes about everyone. They're talking about even the size of Trump's penis. Uh, they're talking about how big the wall is going to be if there's going to be a wall. Trump lies. He lies constantly. You can, un you can see it. You can hear it. Uh, and he promises things, like Hitler did, that cannot be delivered. Obamacare is out the first day I'm in office. How the hell can he get rid of Obamacare in the first days in office? Absolutely impossible. The man does not know how government operates. Now, my problem is nobody's discussing issues. That's your problem, too. We have problems in this country, problems that must be addressed. We have a mounting federal debt. We have overregulation. We need job creation, perhaps one of the biggest issues facing America, job creation. Which candidate has spoken about this and to what length in the last two or three months? All right. We have excessive taxes that have to be dealt with, and we have to strengthen our military. Do you know we have the smallest military we have had in many, many years today? We don't have an, you know why we don't want to put boots on the ground? We don't have infantry people to put on the ground. We do not have enough. All right. And our Navy, our Navy is way behind. The United States Navy, strongest naval force in the world, is now behind China by 75 major vessels. All right. 
and China's building up. We got to worry about them in the South Sea. We got to worry about Russia. We got to worry about that guy in North Korea. And these are all possible, probable, who knows, wars. And we are not ready to defend in each place. And it won't happen one country against the other. Certain people are going to gang together, like Germany and Italy, okay, in World War II, then the Allies, several countries. And we can't stand against all of them if they all join together. Got to talk about the issues. It isn't going to happen in the primaries. I hope it happens in the general election campaign, but I doubt it. Uh, You know, the the tiger has shown his stripes, is it, or something has shown his colors. We know the type of candidate Trump is. He's going to nail Hillary, because Hillary's winning big tonight, too. Hillary, he's going to nail Hillary to the wall, trust me. Sex is going to be the major issue in the presidential campaign. Believe me. Okay, now, this is going to shock you what I'm going to talk about now. Uh... We had a recession, 2008. Americans, we hope, learned a lesson, uh, you know, about borrowing and spending, etc. It appears we, the people of the United States, have not learned the lesson. We are making the same mistakes again as were made leading up to 2008. What am I talking about? I'm talking about credit card debt, credit card debt. Credit card debt today in the United States is approaching $1 trillion, $1 trillion. Now, an example of this, okay, to show you how this thing's out of control, credit card debt. In the last quarter of 2015, I repeat, the last quarter of 2015, that's October, November, December, just last year, new credit card debt, okay, was more than, the credit card debt of the years 2009, 2010, and 2011 combined. The last quarter, 2015, bigger than the previous three years combined. Now, why? Why is this happening? Because people need money. They don't have enough money. Wages have been static for more than 10 years in this country. Uh, Where are people going to go when they want to buy something? They use their credit card. Where are they going to go if they need money? They borrow against their credit card. How the hell is America going to pay off a trillion dollars in credit card debt? I'll tell you who's going to get rich here and who's going to make a ton of money. The banks that issue those cards, all right? They know what they're doing, and they get what? They get 18, 20, 22% interest. Did you know that? When you're behind, you must know it. Your credit card company gets 18 to 22% interest. It's where you don't get that in the bank. We get 1% in the bank if we're lucky today. Uh, and why do the credit card companies, the banks, get this kind of interest? Because our friends in Congress, who are supposed to represent us over the past years, represent corporate America. They represent the big guys, like the banks. And they pass this type of legislation because the corporations and the banks of this country own the Congress of the United States. Tell me I'm wrong. What I'm going to share with you now is even better. 
I'm laughing. I'm smiling as I reach this. I'm going to talk about Oreo cookies. We all love Oreo cookies. I think they're fantastic. And it kills me to open a package because it's hard not to eat some of them, sometimes all of them. It's a common problem with many people in our country. Uh, you know, the chocolate's delicious, but it's the cream, the, what, the sugar in the middle. I buy the double sugars. Many people do. Here's the story about Oreo. Uh, Nabisco owns Oreo. Nabisco makes Oreo cookies in Chicago in a plant that has existed in Chicago for 100 years. Yes, for 100 years, Oreo cookies have come out of this plant in Chicago. Well, Nabisco says, we got to move the plant, the Oreo plant, from Chicago to Mexico. And they're saying that one of the reasons is taxes are too high. We can't afford the taxes in this country, the corporate taxes. So let's take a look at the corporate tax situation. The, one of the major excuses provided by Nabisco to justify the move to Mexico. The corporate tax rate in the United States is 35%. Corporate tax rate, 35%. Uh, Nabisco paid. Listen to what I'm going to say. I'm laughing. Nabisco paid in 2014 a corporate tax of only 13.5%. Tax rate 35, they only paid 13.5%. Even better, in 2013, Nabisco only paid a corporate tax of 2.5%. 2.5% when the corporate rate is 35%. How can they argue? How can they complain that taxes are too high? When it comes to salaries, that's another argument they make. Well, the salaries at the Chicago plant, uh, they're not great, but they're not bad. It's anywhere up to $26 an hour. Not everyone $26 an hour, but up to $26 an hour. Uh, the only benefit in going to Mexico is lower salaries. Lower salaries. Uh, it's an argument, but what they're saving on taxes it doesn't make any difference. Uh, the argument that corporate management, and the corporate management's a CEO by the name of Irene Rosenfeld, makes is that if we move to Mexico, there will be a $1.5 billion, hear me, $1.5 billion profit for the shareholders. A $1.5 billion profit for the shareholders. Now, I don't know if she's right. I don't know if she's wrong. I don't know if she's blowing wind up our back ends. Uh, I know this. She made $21 million in 2014. God bless her. Uh, if, uh, that's a lot of money. She made $21 million in 2014. And she, uh, I was thinking, if she would only take $2 million a year salary, which is still a hell of a lot of money, and leave the $19 million in the pot, this company may not have to move. This is a perfect example of the 1% gaining while the 99% suffer. This is a bum move, a bad move, and they're going to do it. Which brings me to Pfizer, the great pharmaceutical company. They're whores. They're as bad as the bank. Pfizer is as bad as the bank. Pfizer's got a tax bill of $35 billion. That's about their annual tax bill, $35 billion. A lot of money. On the other hand, Pfizer makes a lot of money. 
Think the last time you had to go fill a prescription at the drugstore. Even with insurance, the copay is fantastic. I can't understand how Pfizer gets away with it, how all the drug companies get away with it. Well, Pfizer is an American corporation, and they have recently advised that they are in the process of merging, merging with an Irish company called Al. Allergan, Allergan, located in Ireland. Now, why would they join with this company in Ireland? Because if Pfizer does that, they would pay less taxes, much less than the $35 billion, because the tax rate in Ireland is almost next to nothing. Now, here's the sadness of it all. Here's the trick involved. Here's the wool over your eyes. Here's the sneaky maneuver. This is only a paper transaction. The merger of Pfizer with the Irish company is merely paperwork. Pfizer does not intend, they have said it, we're not going to move our production lines, we're not going to move our factories, we're not going to move our research centers, we're not going to move any of our offices from the United States. We're only going to legally make ourselves an Irish company so we don't have to pay the exorbitant United States taxes. Again? Where do I take you, my friends? Who is responsible for this mockery? I'll tell you, the Congress of the United States. They're the ones that have been passing laws that permit this, uh, this kind of activity to take place. They're owned by corporate America. Okay. I, Because of technical difficulties, I did not write a column for two weeks also for Conk Life. So the last column I wrote was titled David Wolkowski. David Wolkowski, I would like you to read it. You can find it at my Key West Lou website. And at the bar on top, second item in is Conk Life, Key West Lou Conk Life column. And the first one that's going to pop up when you press it is David Wolkowski. Just let me tell you this about David, and this should be motivation enough to read the, the article. He's now 96 years old, born in Key West, left for a while, presently lives in Key West. He is known to all as Mr. Key West. So his accomplishments, I'm only going to give you three. He built the Pier House Hotel. He built the Reach Resort Hotel. And probably the most important thing, he gave Jimmy Buffett his start. He was the first one to pay Jimmy Buffett. He befriended, befriended him and helped him on his way. Jimmy Buffett himself will tell you, if it wasn't for David Wolkowski, I wouldn't have gone anywhere. He was the first one to recognize I had something going, and he got me started. Read the, read the column. You'll enjoy it. Putin. Russia's Putin. Uh, I, I, I got, I, you know, I, this guy amazes me. The more he gets defecated upon, the more success he has. He's got brass testicles. He's not afraid to do things and stomp on people. Well, Sometimes we can learn from people like this. Not everything he does is necessarily bad. Uh, and what am I referring to specifically? He has announced in the past few days uh, that beginning now, Russian forces are going to be removed from Syria. Russian forces are going to be removed from Syria. It is his Syrian exit strategy. And why is he going to be able to do this? Because he says... Our objective has been achieved in Syria. We flew 9,000 sorties, 
in five months. And what we wanted to achieve was free 400 populated areas in an area of 3,860 square miles. This we did. We're done. That's what we intended it to. We are leaving. Now, we should take a lesson from this because since World War II, there's only one war we had an exit strategy, and that was Bush won in the Iraqi war. Once the Iraqis were prevented from staying or going into Kuwait, 100 days, he stopped the war. He didn't even go after Hussein. He stopped the war. He had his exit strategy. That was it. I get out. We didn't have an exit. That was 100 days. This guy, Putin's got five uh, months here in Syria. How many years in Korea? How many years in Vietnam? Was it 10, 11 years? My God. How many years in Afghanistan? How many years in Iraq? And why? Because, and you hear this all the time, we never have an exit strategy. An exit strategy. And I say, with regard to Syria, we should take a lesson from the Russians. You can always learn from somebody, even if you do not like them. The media does not talk much about ISIS later, lately. Neither do I. Everyone seems to have forgotten ISIS out there. They're still chopping off heads. They're still crucifying people. They're still burying people in the ground just with their heads showing and stoning them. They're still cutting off people's uh, ears, cutting off people's hands. Uh, but it's political time. Trump makes more news, sells more papers, I guess. Let me tell you something that ISIS is doing. These people are not smart who run ISIS. They are not, I'm sorry, they're not stupid, rather. They are very smart, okay? Here's one of the things they're doing. Don't forget, they're banking, they're financing things, they're making money all over the place. I'm going to talk about birth control and sex slaves under ISIS. Birth control and uh, sex slaves. Women and young girls are captured, okay? What happens to them? Uh, the first thing that happens is if they're Christians, and a handful are, they must become Muslims. If they don't, they're killed instantly. Their heads are chopped off. However, if they convert, and then the rest of them already are Muslims, the hundreds or thousands of women, thousands of women captured. Well, what, what, do, what does ISIS do with all these ladies? Well, they become immediately a wife to a, an ISIS fighter, or they are directed to live with an ISIS fighter. And those that are not partnered up with an ISIS father, they go to work as a whore, like in a whorehouse, a brothel. It really isn't a brothel, but it is. The ladies are there to screw the fighters. And women and young girls, and remember, from nine on under Islamic law, you can have sex with a girl. Uh, these women have rooms all alone, these girls, one person to a room, the bathroom at the end of the hall. They're taking on 20-plus men a day, 20-plus, and it's not by the day, by the way. The days are free. It's the evenings. They're taking on 20-plus men in an evening, okay, so that the ISIS fighters get their sex, sexual satisfaction. They're being taken care of by their ISIS leaders. Well, Pregnancy comes into play. If a woman or a young girl gets pregnant, she's useless. Uh, you know, she's useless to the cause. Uh, number one, there's going to be a period of time where she can't have sex. Many men, most men will not want sex with a woman that's in her last stages. 
Uh, and there's all sorts of problems here. When the woman has the baby, who's going to take care of the baby? The woman's attention's got to be directed to sex and not the care of the child. What, what happens is this. Don't worry about anybody getting pregnant. If they do get pregnant, there's forced birth, there's forced, forced abortion. So that takes care of the pregnancies. But what they do, ISIS is smart. They need the young girls. They need the women to keep their men happy. Birth control. Birth control is the key. They provide pills, contraceptive pills, and or forms of injectable contraception. Now, and everyone takes a urine test to make sure, that, a periodic urine test to make sure they're not pregnant. Right? And, and this is all done before a witness, a male witness. This is all done, this is all done before a male witness who make sure they take the pills, they get the injection, and they piss in the bottle. Now, there is a United Nations-backed health clinic over there in the Middle East someplace. Jesus Christ. And this clinic uh, takes in these women who escape from uh, ISIS. And these women, about 700 of them recently showed up, okay, escaped women and girls. Uh, they had been rape victims because this is rape when they put them in a room to take 20 guys on or force them to have sex with an individual. Of the 700 women and young girls, only 5% had gotten pregnant during their enslavement. 5% of 700 is only 35. And the reason is the contraception. Okay, it ensures the women and the young girls are available for the ISIS soldiers. These guys take care of everything. Okay, where are we now? Perry Como. I don't know how many of you remember Perry Como. Probably have to be my age or a little bit younger. I'm 80. But back in the 1950s, early 1960s, late 1940s, Perry Como was a big-time singer, television, radio, personal appearances. Uh, in 1958, Perry Como received the first recording industry gold record. First gold record awarded by the recording industry. Uh, and it was for a song called Catch a Falling Star. I can't sing it. But it was a love song, not one of these rock and roll things. It was a song where your girlfriend or your wife put her head on your shoulder and you danced slowly to the tune. Uh Gold record. Today, by the way, records are platinum double, gold double. Back in those days, a gold record was given for 500,000 records sold. It was also 1958, the rock and roll era, okay? His, the biggest competitor to Perry Como was Elvis Presley. Their music, totally different. Their songs, totally different. Yet during this rock and roll era, which lasted a very, very long time, Perry Como survived with the soft singing tunes. Okay, that's the show for this week. I hope you have enjoyed it. Uh, interesting things I, I have brought to your attention, I've shared with you. And that's what I try to do, share things you might not be aware of. Uh, join me again next week because I'm going to have some other interesting things to chat with you about, uh, like the state of Utah declaring a public health crisis, okay, as regards pornography. Uh, the Muslims, not the Muslims, or the Mormons, rather. Uh, 
This show, as you know, is archived on Block Talk Radio and YouTube. It's also linked uh, as of tomorrow morning to the Key West Lou website. I know most of you listen to the show in its archived version. I thank you for joining me, whether archived or direct. Uh, I wrote a book, The World Upside Down. If you like the show, buy the book. If you don't like the show, don't buy the book. You will not enjoy it. Thanks again for joining me, and I look forward to being with you once more next 